Welcome to the Foul Vine Podcast with Sarah and Scotty Mel, where everything wine and baseball is in fair territory. Today, we will be drinking a 2021 Chianti, recapping week 22 of the MLB season and catching up with Chris Wimmer on the Cape Cod League. As always, grab a glass and join us. Look, big paper, I increase my wealth, uh. Red wine, that's good for my health, uh. Wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's, uh. Allow me to introduce myself, I said. Alrighty, Sarah, how's it going? Another week. Another week, Scotty. It's going well. Um, I'm back on Cape Cod just for a week. So did some traveling since we last spoke. Um, definitely have drank some wine since then as well. But enjoying the last month or so of summer. Awesome. Where is it yeah. after this week? You said you're only at the Cape for another yeah. week. And then we're going to Boston for the weekend. And my friend's getting married. Um, Shashank, our oh. um, resident podcast wine, wine expert. Yeah. yeah. He's getting married um, in Boston this weekend. So. Hell yeah. Yeah. Shout out and chin chin. Congrats to the. Give to him the a toast for me. I will. Definitely. Um, and then we'll head probably to Central Massachusetts after that, and then New York, and then back finally in two weeks to the 412. What are you doing in Pittsburgh in two weeks? Um, I think I'm going to a wedding. Um, I know some people who are going to a Yankees game, though. Oh, a game that I wish I was going to. Yeah. <laughs> Except Rough. do you, because that's how bad they are. Actually, yeah, you're right. If I saw the Pirates beat them, I'd be pretty upset. Yeah. I might be going on that Sunday, though. So Of course. Well, well, I would expect nothing less. How uh, have you been? I'm good, Sarah. I'm good. Uh, you know, another week in the Berg. Uh, got some softball this week. Uh, last regular playoffs? season. Well, oh, regular. we have one more regular season, actually. And then playoffs start this week as well, I think. Okay. I can't keep up. I just do as I'm told. Mm -hmm. Are you a team captain or no? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I'm the one of the guys that just shows up. Okay, and hits yeah. bombs, obviously. Uh, yeah, sure. That's for the <laughs> sake of the podcast. I hit dingers. Yeah, you do. I know. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Well, I hope you hit dingers in your next game as well. Are you? Did you go to any Pirates games? Oh, I have. I went to a Cubs game on Friday. I got the Star Wars sh shirt. Nice. The Star Wars night. Um, yeah, I, I think Mitch Keller pitched the game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then I also went to a Reds game a couple weeks ago. I've been doing like three games this this month. So. Nice. Killing it. Yeah. yeah. Killing it. Well, what are we drinking today? So, Sarah, today I'm excited because we are drinking a 2021. I don't know if the camera's picking this up well. 2021 Rufino. Um, this is a very popular wine in Italy. At least when I went, you see Rufino everywhere. It's mm -hmm. like the big brand, okay? Um, I thought this would be something maybe other than a Sardinian one that you could find at your local wine store. Um, it's pretty popular. Uh, this, this specific wine has Rufino wines out of Tuscany have been making wine for 140 years. Whoa. Yeah. Long time. Uh, yeah. 
The Chianti uh, predominantly comes from the Sangiovese grape, famous grape, probably the most popular grape in Italy, I would say. And in 1877, it all started with cousins Ilario and Leopoldo. I think that's how you say his name. Last name Rufino. Who would have thunk? Um, <laughs> they embraced their passion for winemaking by, you know, establishing this small winery in the town of Pontesievi. And this is a town outside of Florence, best town in Italy, if you ask me. <laughs> um, this region already had a, you know, was already famous for their grapes, for their winemaking. Um, but, you know, the two cousins thought, hey, we, the great, there's more greatness to be revealed here. And boy, were they right, because this land is just full with mineral-laden soils, the cooling of the Mediterranean Sea, and then the dry summers are really good for grapes for this type of wine. Um, not to mention the sun-drenched hill, like the hills of Tuscany. You can just picture them right now. Beautiful, beautiful. Toscana. Toscana. Viola. So they became established nationally and internationally. Uh, when it's Chianti won a gold medal at the 1881 Milan Wine Exhibition. Whoa. Wow. This is like the OG of wines, I think. Yeah, seriously. Uh, they won another gold medal at the 1885 Antwerp Exhibition, which I believe is in Belgium. Mm -hmm. And then, funny story, because I believe you have the uh, Ducali. Yes, Reserva, Reserva Ducali Chianti Classico. Which I was really happy that you got because there's a story here. Okay. about the Ducali. In 1890, the Duke of Aosta, this is a region in like the top um, northwest corner of Italy. It's kind of like the um, along the Switzerland border, like uh, the Matterhorn and Geneva is really close. It's above Torino and all that. Okay. Um, in the mountains, right? The yes. Duke of Aosta visited the Rufino winery uh, after hearing a lot about it. And he was so impressed that he appointed Rufino as the official supplier to the Italian royal family. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Very pretty cool, cool, right? Yeah. Very cool. So in 1927, Rufino released its first vintage, and it was the Reserva Ducali, which you have today. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I don't think it's from 1927, but hey. It is not. It's a 2019. <laughs> okay. Uh, Still it, a good it, year for baseball, though. Oh, Absolutely. Um, and they named this Reserva Ducali after the Duke of Iosta as an acknowledgement of his support, patronage. Very cool. Okay. Um, this became the first Chianti imported to the U.S. Um, mm -hmm. not long after. And, and then in 1984, uh, the, Ruf the Rufino Chianti was awarded the first DOCG strip on their bottle. That uh, classification I think we've talked about on, mm -hmm. in previous episodes in 1984 this bottle or this brand of wine was the first to get that strip wow. so a lot of history here with rufino um i'm excited to jump in it I'm, I'm when you sent me the picture of the ducali i was like yes get that <laughs> um because i have a story but let's uh let's dive into it let's try to um see what we got here let's see if we can get some asmr struggling here guys cork smells good Smells like cherries. You know, I got that too. Cherries. Love my big berries. Pour, big pours only, Scotty. Oh, of course. And as always, what are you drinking out of? I am drinking out of my Clemente Museum wine glass. Shout out. Shout out. I love that <laughs> word. 
right, what do we smell? All righty, Sarah, today, well, I guess any day. <laughs> I'm smelling like Ooh. toast with cherry jam. Oh, very specific. I love it. I am definitely smelling cherries. I'm trying to, a little bit of oakiness. Maybe some strawberries. Yeah, I get the oaky, but mostly toast with cherry jam for me. I would love toast with cherry jam right now. You're making <laughs> that does not sound good. Um, okay, let's. Solid. That is smooth. Very smooth. Um, Interesting. I wouldn't say, I don't know if I would describe this as bold. I'd say somewhere in between. I would say it's more dry on the drier side. Drier but smooth. It's pretty easy to drink. Um, I'm definitely getting the cherries. Mm. I think it's more tart cherries, maybe some like yeah. more. I taste more floral than I did smell. Okay. As well. I mm. wonder if there's more boldness to the Reserva or. True, ours are different. Yeah. This is, uh, I'm excited to drink this uh, wine throughout the episode and uh, let it sit while we talk some baseball. Sounds good. Cheers. Cheers. Salute. And now we welcome on very special guest, my friend and former baseball colleague, Chris Wimmer. You've worked with, worked on the Cape Cod Baseball League, which is what we're going to get into today. You also went to Dallas Baptist. Um, you're from Texas originally. Now you're on Cape Cod, which is amazing. Welcome to the Falvine Podcast. Welcome, Howdy. Chris. Thanks for thanks for having me. I've, I'm a I'm a loyal listener, so uh, long time listener, first time calling in, I guess, and happy to be on the official podcast of Josh Donaldson and IKF and <laughs> and uh, Cole uh, Cole Turner Lady Friend Podcast. Yeah, it's it's a good time. <laughs> Amazing. I love that. Chris, first question. Uh, do you like wine? If so, what kind? Uh, so I'm not a big wine drinker, sorry to say. Okay. okay. Um, I, there, there was a time when I, when I worked in hospitality that I would be able to take some fine wine back home and uh, guests would just leave it in the lobby. And so I worked overnight, so I'd often drink it at between eight and nine in the morning. Um, you can make your own conclusions from that, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't I don't drink it too often. Um, I do like it because it it hits me harder, it hits me quicker. So that's that's nice if that's what you're going for. But um, I don't really I, I can't really tell the difference between whatever a five dollar mm -hmm. wine and a fifty dollar wine. Well, um, sometimes the five dollars are better than the fifty, anyways. True. That, that's what I hear. So it it. It hits me quick. It it does the job, and uh, yeah, it's, nice. it's it's fine if I can get it. Are you red or white when you when you do dabble? White, yeah. Okay. I'm 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 a sweet tooth, so uh, definitely white. Nice. We've trying we've been trying to get a little bit more into white, as you may have noticed, as a viner yourself. But um, today we are sipping on a red because it's Scotty Mo's bottle, and he picked an Italian red, obviously, as he want to do um 
Did you have a favorite baseball player growing up? I did. Um, so grew up a, a Ranger fan, grew up going to a ton of games. Uh, they were just down the road. My parent, my yeah, my parents have been season ticket holders since 96, 97, uh, and were part of a group before then. So, I mean, I was, I was at uh, one of my first games was a Nolan Ryan game at the old Arlington Stadium, uh, old Turnpike Stadium. Um, Not a big deal. Them. I guess. <laughs> uh, all, all my life. Um, so started out, I love Pudge, uh, Pudge Rodriguez, uh, mm -hmm. fiery catcher, uh, leader of the team. Um, and then it and then it turned into Michael Young through the kind of the lean years in the early to mid 2000s. And then, of course, he was with the when uh, John Daniels and, and that crew took over and went to the World Series. It was it was it was great to see Michael Young finally uh, have have team success. Um, so, yeah, those were those were the two big ones, uh, you know, in, in adolescence before before college. And yeah. Nice. Well, it's good to be a Rangers fan this year. It is. It is. I remember y'all Y'all had a – Sarah had a ton of good picks for free agency, right? Yeah, uh, that's right. The, the Rangers. The Rangers are spending right now, and they're they're tired of losing and got to gotta get out of this skid. But, but uh, Corey Seager's also having the one of the best years of his life, I think. And even – he's missed, like, what, 40, 50 games maybe? Missed quite yeah, a bit. It, it's missed about a month. Uh, yeah. yeah, about forty games with the hammy. Uh, yeah, he's been on a tear. The, the whole the whole offense has been a tear, on a tear. It's like the late nineties, mid two thousands Rangers offense with the jet stream at, at the ballpark in Arlington. Um, but they're just they're just creaming it right now. So Chris, you played at uh, Dallas Baptist. What position? I, I didn't. I didn't play at Dallas okay. Baptist. I, I played at North Lake College. Okay. Uh, junior college. Um, and then I transferred to Dallas Baptist and was a uh, like a uh, I was I was a what do you call it a track man uh, the first track man guy over there and kind of an auxiliary kind of student manager type of type of position. So when you were at DBU, where did they have uh, the program they have now? Because uh, they've become like one of the best programs in the country. So that was, uh, I mean, Hefner Hefner's been there since '08, and they've always been a, a kind of an NAIA. Uh, power before uh, they went D1 in 2004 or five. Um, and then they, they always made the regionals as, a, as an independent 08 in 2011. They made a super regional uh, and 2012 as well. They made a regional. And then kind of when I got there in 2014, uh, 2013, 2014, uh, that's when uh, that was the that was the when started having a lot of uh, the draft guys, the coaches, the the Derek Halls, the the Chance Adams, the uh, I mean, just go on down the line. Uh, started developing a lot of talent, a lot of arm talent, because DBU's always been known for being a hitting factory with with Coach Heepner. And then uh, while I was there, that's when uh, Wes Johnson was there, and we kind of he he kind of took off with with uh, arms. Yeah, that that was a very special time. I didn't know Wes Johnson was at DB. He's now the coach at Georgia, right? Correct. Yeah. So yeah. that he, I mean, he, uh, we, we would need another podcast to talk about Wes Johnson, <laughs> talk about Dan Fitzgerald and what they've meant to me, not just, you know, teaching me baseball, but uh, just how to be a man, be a, be a good dude. They're, they're, they're incredible human beings. So 
um, I can't I can't say enough about those two and, and Coach Heefner, Coach McCarty too, and uh, all the, all the guys in the DBU program. It's it's a it's a special place. So when we met, were you still in school? I can't remember. I believe I had just graduated. I met you on Cape Cod. You were working for TrackMan, and I was working for the league um, itself. Um, and I remember meeting you at, I think it was Hyannis, and Emily Weeby, now of the St. Louis Cardinals, introduced us. Is that the same um, meet cute that you have in your mind as well? Yeah, that's that's my recollection. I, I kind of, I, yeah, I was, I was still at DBU. Um, and uh, yeah, I remember it, it was definitely Hyannis that was kind of our hub with uh, you and Emily and Tristam. That, but that was my recollection and kind of just kind of glommed onto y'all and started hanging out and talking and going to, down to Hyannis after uh, downtown Hyannis after the game and keeping in touch at the winter meetings for whatever, four, five, eight, ten years, however <laughs> many years we went to the winter meetings. and. Yeah, we've stayed in touch ever since. Yeah, so how did you get into going to the Cape League? Yeah, so it was it was through TrackMan. Um, Dallas Baptist, uh, Coach Johnson brought in the TrackMan unit in 2015, and we were probably, if I remember right, we were one of like 10 or 15 teams at D1 at the time that had it. Um, and I actually didn't want to do it. Uh, I wanted to keep scouting, and I didn't want to be changed to chained to DBU, but um, did that for that for that spring, and then I think I saw a posting that the Cape Cod League was looking for TrackMan operators. That was the first year they were going to have it at, at Fields up here, and I always heard about the Cape Cod League and that it was where the best collegians go. I was like, well, let's let's try it. And because I I was doing it, they said yes immediately. Um, I think we were paid twenty five dollars a game, uh, no help with housing. Um, I, I, uh, uh, that, that posting was, was, was posted in May and got accepted in late May, like two or three weeks before the season. I had no idea about the housing situation up here. So I bounced from hotel to hotel for two weeks until I found somebody I was about to go home. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, I, I fell in love with Cape Cod. It's, it's, it's a magical place, you know, growing up in Texas where it's, always a hundred and humid or Cape Cod. If it's over 90, it's a heat wave to these <laughs> yeah. soft Bostonians. So, um, no, I, I love, I love this place. Uh, I've made it a home. Uh, I moved back up here in 2019 to, to pursue baseball again after I graduated from Dallas Baptist, I was on the, the long-term plan <laughs> bachelor bachelor plan. Uh, we don't need to get into that. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've, I've I've made a home here. Met, met my wife up here. Have, as you saw, two kids up here. It's it's a good place to be. Yeah, it is. It really is. I mean, I'm here right now, so I can attest to that for sure. I only got to catch one game this season. It was Brewster versus Bourne. I obviously had to go see Bourne, uh, my former employer. But can the you champ. get us? Yeah. So tell us all about this season, who we liked, who we didn't like, what we saw that we liked, but we didn't like. Give us the full breakdown. Let us let us have it. So th this year was, uh, since I've been up here, I, I think it's, it. I've, I've been going through, uh, starting to get my writing done. Um, and I've got all my video uploaded. Uh, if I can throw in a quick plug, go to my YouTube, all my videos up. 
but the talent this year was the best by far uh, in terms of uh, impact of the first rounders, but also depth. Um, and the arms are back too. Um, the, the cape has turned into, uh, like there's, there's kind of two or three, four waves of players that come in since the draft has been moved back. Mm. Uh, so like the first month in June, uh, you got the guys who will be on the U.S. collegiate national team here for about a week, 10 days. And, and that's not that's not too unusual from where it was before. Um, but you also have the draft guys who may be at a middle conference or they had a bad year. Uh, so they're looking to prove themselves, kind of uh, try and make some more money in the in the draft in June, uh, July. Uh, so then they come through and then, you know, of course, the arms uh, – a lot of arms get shut down pretty quick. They may throw only two, three, four starts, and then they go home because the college coaches understandably don't want them to blow out uh, and get pitch fatigued in, into July, August. Um, but but this year we had, I mean, my my number one prospect, and I, I think you'll see it uh, in the publications was Weatherholt. Um, the Pittsburgh he's, guy. He's, yeah, yeah, uh, Pennsylvania. That's right. You're a Pennsylvania guy. Yeah, very. You, you should be proud. He's he is same high school as David Bedner. Oh, nice, David yeah. Bedner. I went to Mars, kid. Yeah, but Bednar was uh, so I was the video coordinator with the Padres, uh, the short seasons league in 2016. So Bednar was on that team, along with about ten other major leaguers. Uh, Bednar was really good, obviously. Um, <laughs> He's he's done all right, uh, but yeah, Weatherholt. Uh, I'm comparing him. Um, um, he, he's he kind of like like where I have I had Kyler Murray uh, when when Kyler Murray was yeah. was coming out. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. is obviously the number one guy I've ever seen. I, I actually saw Rutschman too in Game Three of the World Series. I drove up for that. So yeah, Weatherholt number one. Uh, I can see his have a plus hit on him. Uh, he's he's a five ten second base shortstop. Or sorry, second base center field. Um, but he'll he'll have the plus hit. He might have plus power. It may it may be just average power, but um, also plus run and a, and a really good defender. Um, he, he'd be in my discussions for like a top five pick. Um, I don't know what else is out there, but top five for sure. Um, and then Cam Smith was my number two, a third baseman out of Florida State. Uh, he's a big dude, like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, but a real easy mover at third base. He'll be at least an average defender, uh, plus arm at third base, easy third baseman. Um, also a plus hit, uh, average average power, a real balance, real discipline at bat, and kind of gathering what, what his history was. Uh, what his history is he's he's kind of coming into his own so he may even have more power in there um but he's he's a really adept hitter as well and a good third baseman so, so who wanted who is the best team overall do you think this season the best the best team the best team was good to it when they were when they were rolling at their best um they had Loma Vida, Caleb Loma Vida, catcher at a Cal. He was my number one catcher. Uh, they, they had a really deep lineup and a really deep uh, pitching staff. Uh, won a lot of games, and then they unfortunately lost a lot of guys going home to back 
college or the transfer portal yeah. or things like that. It, there was it was a shell of the roster that that they had. Um, they had Cam Hill who who kind of popped out this 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 summer. Six six lefty, 92, 94, 95 sink with a good slider. Um, kind of remains to be seen if he'll start or uh, be a bullpen. He'll get outs at the at at the major league level. That that's that's kind of my baseline is. Um, He's going to get out somewhere, and time will tell where where it is, and the spring will tell if he's he can maintain it as a starter or if he needs to go to the pin. But he has enough strikes and enough uh, body control to, to be a starter. Just see where where changeup comes along and and uh, start commanding. What about um? What school do you think was best represented this summer on the Cape? Great question. Thank you. Florida, I mean. Um, so Florida State had obviously had a down year this year. They didn't make the re regionals for the first time in forever. Uh, twice our no, not twice our age lengths, but I think forty years something like that. Uh, so they had they had uh, obviously Cam Smith. Um, uh, I I'm not as high on uh, Tibbs as a pro prospect, but he'll obviously hit two hole or three hole for them, and and I'm sure he'll have a great statistical year. Um, he kind of reminds me of Daniel Cabrera at LSU in 2020 draft. Here, uh, I'll go down my 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 list. Uh, so catchers, catchers, I had uh, obviously Loma Vita first, and then I was really into Ryan Stafford. Uh, I don't know if he's That's a big cool. name or not. Uh, UC Santa Barbara, I think, or, or Cal Cal Poly, Cal Poly. Um, so he's smart too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you need to be as a catcher. He, he kind of looks there like a middle infielder back there. Uh, there's some. Um, there's there's a really good third base class this year with Cam Smith. Uh, there's a guy named Sean Keys out of Bucknell. Is Bucknell in Pennsylvania? Yeah, yeah. Lewis. Yeah. All right, go see him. Uh, he he was a he was a pleasant surprise here in late July, um, like a late bloomer. Uh, but he really could put a thump on a ball. Uh, looks like a second, second to third rounder. Um, like just a, looks like a country strong kid from upper state New York, I believe. So a late bloomer. I don't think he knows how good he is. Uh, Cause he's kind of been hidden in the Patriot league or wherever Bucknell is. Um, but he, he can really hit. And then uh, Xander Darby. Uh, he was with YD. I think he's, he's with Santa Barbara, UC Santa Barbara. Another good with a guy with a good approach and um, smooth swing and adept in the field, kind of kind of in that second, third, fourth round range. Uh, I'd be really happy with getting him. Let's see, short short stops are always tough up here because you usually see them drafted out of high school. Those primo athletes, right? Sure. So so you usually get uh, the defense first, and then let's hope they can hit. Um, and that's kind of where I have Jonathan Bastine out of Vanderbilt. He was my best shortstop up here. Um, but Davis Diaz was he up there? He was. He uh, played more third base. Yeah. yeah, a little more physical than Bastine. Bastine, uh, but Bastine has like he can play shortstop uh, any day. A real good clock, uh, good contact, good uh, good run. Um, kind of. a you know he'll he'll be a defense first guy hit hit at the back of the lineup major league lineup um, eight nine hole um, but his his calling card is is defense and 
uh, I can I can rest my case on that. Uh, outfield was kind of down. Uh, I had a lot of a lot of tweeners. I wasn't really fired up about a lot of these outfielders. I don't want to spend too much time on outfield because there wasn't too much. There's a guy. Uh, he's I think he's going to Oklahoma State. Brennan Holt. He's kind of. I, I looked into him. He's had a meandering path from a, I think ULM or Lafayette, U, a Louisiana Lafayette to. Uh, now he's going to Oklahoma State. He's he's small. He's five eight, five nine, but like he can really go get it in center field. He seven defender, seven run, maybe eight run. Um, like a fourth outfielder, fifth outfielder type, and we'll see if he can hit because he hasn't gotten a lot of at bats in college, and we'll see how he does. Um, pitching, are, are you ready for pitching? Do you have questions or? I, I have one question. I, I'm intrigued sure. by you. You were saying that this is. I think you said this is one of the best classes you've seen in the Cape. Yeah. Um, which intrigues me because um, this draft class was one of the best in recent memory, in my opinion. So seems like college baseball is on the up like it, it seems like there's going to be more good big classes coming out would you agree with that or yeah i, I think we've, we've seen that over the last probably five ten years um with, with the shortening of the draft uh with the uh decreasing roster size for reserve list um the minor league reserve list um with the cutting of short season ball uh teams are carrying less there's limits on how many players they can carry. Um, also with the rise in velocity, like when I started scouting and getting into scouting when I was, you know, 18, 19, 20, trying to pursue this, um, the thought was you, in some circles, was you could take a superlative athlete and teach him how to hit. Uh, you can take a flyer on a guy in the third, fourth round who maybe go and play college football and, uh, He's he's got loud tools, but we just need to see him hit. That's I, I don't think that's the case anymore, because back then guys were throwing 88, 94 for the most part, and then 95 plus was was a treat and made your eyes go bright. Um, because because guys are throwing so hard with so much movement uh, on fastballs and breaking stuff, um, you really you you can't. I, in my personal philosophy, you can't take a flyer on those guys and give them millions of dollars in the draft now without seeing them prove that they can at least read velocity and movement like that. So you're so you're seeing a lot less high schoolers being picked and then letting them be developed for free uh, in college and sure. and see see how they how they get through college that way and prove themselves. Uh, through that that way let's hear those uh let's hear those pitching yeah. projects yeah give it to us pitchers uh so so the, the easy one is brody brecht um i only saw him Iowa. once yes i mean he he is what they look like six six uh, great great delivery great mover um uh, does he start uh, well that's the question ain't it, it it's it's the um like in, 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 for future grade, it's a seven fastball, seven slider. Um, I only saw two pitches, so I don't know what else he has. But like Lance McCullers, Chris Archer have had successful careers when they were when they were in their prime and not hurt, and um, they had success with that. And then mixing in five five or ten percent uh, changeup or, or 
whatever else. So he definitely has that in the body. Uh, he, he needs to refine his um, strike throwing as well. He, he throws strikes, but not the command yet. Nice. Um, and just for the listeners out there, when you say seven and eight, you mean oh, 70, 80 grade? Yes. Yeah. Se okay. 70, yes. On the 2080 scale. So, so he, he was 94, 96. Uh, I think he touched a 97 with a power like 84, 88 slider. Uh, it's it's overwhelming at this level, that kind of stuff. Um, uh, oh, Iowa is another school. I'm on the Iowa College World Series bandwagon for this year. They really showed out. Uh, oh, actually, yeah. throughout my Florida State, uh, yeah, forget Florida State. They'll they'll make a regional. They'll be fine. They hired DBU's pitching coach, by the way. So yeah, they'll be they'll be really good. Um, Iowa, yeah, Iowa's Iowa's where if you want to take the a long time. Uh, so with Brecht at the top of the rotation, uh, Marcus Morgan, uh, he's an Iowa City kid. Uh, I grew up in Iowa City, so he's he's a local kid. Um, and then Cade Ober Obermuller, he's like a 5'10", 165 pound lefty. Uh, he'll probably be in the pen, uh, but as, as I would I would put him at the Sunday slot. My dark horse first rounder, uh, put put this guy down. Uh, Garrett Horn at a Liberty, uh, I saw him once. Uh, lefty, again, it's all about the delivery with me. Uh, guys can have real janky deliveries and throw hard, but um, athleticism and delivery kind of play most play best long term. So he repeats his. I'm guessing you, like I said, are ever repeatable athletic del delivery. Yeah, so they're. It's repeatable, and I think for some of these guys, they're they're pretty new to, um, like the Morgans, the Brex, uh, Garrett Horn. They they're they're still coming into their own in terms of feel, uh, but their stuff is is loud. So Garrett Horn is a lefty, six two, six three, good, good, uh, durable body, um, uh, 91, 93, uh, hit a four. Uh, had a had a changeup, had a slider, had a curveball. Uh, you can project to be be an average uh, across the board, and a plus a good, a really good life on the fastball. I don't know where we are in time, or if you need to rush me off, but uh, I know I can be verbose, especially talking about these guys. But, uh, yeah, so. we're gonna wrap up here in a little. I was just wondering if you could. Um, in like a few in a pithy response a few sentences or so um how would you describe this year's cape league like i said the talent was there the talent was there i i, I always have a blast I, the the fan there was a ton of people there uh the, the last game in orleans uh, i think there was seven thousand plus in orleans except oh. some sort of record wow. um so it's it's a like it's a great it's a great time uh, it's a free activity um you, you do see these guys are going to be drafted and be uh taking uh, seven six figures here and here in a year and on their way to hopefully major league careers and you kind of see them early and uh, so we saw a lot of growth and 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 these players and uh, it was it was it was it was like i said it was one of the best years and i'm very excited for these guys and see how see how they track in the in the spring and in the fall in the spring and 
you know, do it all over again and next year. Give us your top two fields and your bottom two fields on the Cape League. Wow. Best. Uh, my 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 two best are always Chatham and Orleans. I think their atmosphere is is the best. I think it helps that they have the the nighttime games, the six thirty seven o'clock games. Yeah. Um, so there's always a, a it, it 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 just has a great feel to it. Chatham always has great sight lines too for for scouting. You can there, there's a lot of good uh, vantage points. Um, so Chatham's my number one. Orleans number two. Um. Last is Wareham. Yeah, easy. I can't. I, I have. I didn't go to Wareham this year. I don't Good think I went you. last year. I may have gone once last year. Save yourself. I don't want to go off Cape anyway, uh, with the gravel field, and it's it's just tough to it's tough to get a. Again, for me, sight lines. There's only so many places behind the plate, and I like to bounce around. Um. So Wareham is really tough, uh, and then Brewster. I'm not a big fan of Brewster. Uh, they have no cell service. Uh, yeah. I should have been on my phone anyway, so that that helps. But that's that's tough for sight lines too. It's tough to get a good vantage point behind the plate. Um, we're all yeah. crowded together on concrete, and your feet start to hurt. And uh, that's yeah. Sorry, Brewster. They're not they're not too fun. Can can I can I give one sleeper that I haven't yes. mentioned yet? Please, of course. Because uh, like nobody knows him and he's, he, he blew my mind. So, uh, Brewster were, were down to their, uh, their last, their last game against YD in the divisional series, do or die game. And they bring in this, this six, three lefty. And at this point I'm really bored and, and the arm, I've seen all the arms and there's all the, all the new arms at that point are can be kind of, be kind of down. Well, this guy comes in, and he throws four and a third innings. He walks nine, two of them intentional walks, hits three. There's four four wild pitches, uh, gives up no hits, one run. It was 91-93, hit 94 once, and uh, he, 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 he was very wild. But it was really good, again, really good delivery, et cetera, et cetera. His name is Ash Amerlon. Mm, that's the name. Uh, He's from Aruba, and and uh, the the stuff is very loud. So I I I was all wild about him. Again, fantastic, explosive stuff. They could not touch him. YD had a really good lineup. Uh, so I I I ran his. I have a buddy who has a Stuff Plus model, and his jaw dropped when the numbers came through. He has at the D one level. He has a two hundred plus Stuff Plus. Uh, fastball and a 160 slider. So he's got an eight fastball, a plus slider, but he can't throw strikes. And he's he's kind of he went to Chipola at a high school and he went to some JUCO I never heard of in Virginia. Uh, he's going to Tennessee Wesleyan, an uh, NAIA school uh, this this year. Uh, so I don't know how how close y'all are to uh, Eastern Tennessee, but I would. I would go see him. Uh, you know, he may not throw strikes. He probably won't throw strikes, to be honest. But there's some things in his mechanics that I see that that are relatively fixable. And he he has the stuff to. All you have to do is get him in the zone, and he's going to be a major leaguer. So, 
Very cool. A, a, a deep, a deep, deep cut. And, Heard it uh, here first, folks. He may not get drafted. He may not play a professional ball, but I'm still buzzing about him, and I appreciate the time, guys. <laughs> I actually have one final question. Um, I like to All ask right. guys with, um, you know, people with scouting backgrounds. Um, name me someone that you were most right about and then someone also that you were very wrong about. I'm, I'm always interested to hear this, like stories about, oh, I, I, yeah. I was all in on this guy and then he actually ended up being a bust or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's why, why we do this. I always go back and look and see where I was on these guys at this certain time mm -hmm. and kind of track how they go through, through, uh, their professional careers. So, uh, the big one up here, uh, I was really in on, uh, Joey Weimer. I loved, I love Joey Weimer. Um, there's only there, there's there's only so many guys who can just about clear a, a six foot seven foot fence uh, trying to die uh, trying to rob a home run, and Joey Weimer did that at Harwich. It was one of the most athletic things I'd ever seen on a baseball field. And then he had just wild ass swing mechanics. It was it was his crazy. feet are all over the place. It's it was worse at that time. Like his hands were everywhere. He was he was leaking crazily. But the most important thing that I determined was that he could track the ball well. We we hear about uh, you know swing decisions and uh, you know owning the the strike zone. For me, it's a little bit deeper than that. I for me, he tracked the ball well. He 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 chased, but he was swinging to the where the the pitch was was coming across the plate. He didn't, he never performed. He didn't really perform at Cincinnati. He didn't perform up here statistically. Um, but I knew he, he could track the ball well and he was an, an incredible athlete. So all we had to do, all you had to do was to kind of rein him in in the box and see what happened. Cause he, he had seven raw power. He was, he was putting them out. Uh, uh, you know, the left center field in Fenway above the monster. He was putting them out up there. He had the best raw power that year. So in my in my write up I said like all we need to do is get him to like hitting 220 240 and the power will be there the defense will be there the run will be there and I couldn't believe it when he was like it's first round tools and the Brewers got him in the fourth round for $100,000 which if that's the number he was given to me as an area scout I would have been flipping tables and like get this guy trust me just just get him get him uh, so yeah, I I'm I'm really fired up that Joey made it for me and and uh, and uh, I I think he'll take another step next year. It, it, Major league pitching is incredible. I think he's hitting like 200, 210, but he's doing well. He's doing all right. For one, I really missed. Uh, I don't miss any actually. Now that I think about it. <laughs> uh, you, while, a, while you're thinking, I've got a perfect record. <laughs> While you're thinking, I was actually um, in Milwaukee for a, a Brewers Pirates game, like uh, mid June. I'm trying to see all the ballparks, and um, I saw there was they were giving out hair, uh, mullet cuts in center field in honor of Joey Weimer. Yeah, and like, what's this like? he he hit two home runs in in that game. Uh, he's a fan favorite for sure. Like people love yeah. him. Up there. He he fits yeah. in Milwaukee like very well. He fits anywhere with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's awesome. 
pro probably the one that I can I can think of uh, uh, first. Uh, I was I was pretty low on Matt McClain. Um, like I had him as a I had him as a, a like a like a four hit two three power. Um, like I, I could see the the hit, but he's he was also five eight. Um, I'm kind of an average runner. Uh, I, I really struggle with guys like that who these middle infielders uh, whose skill is 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 uh, kind of uh, um, can kind of cover up maybe some athletic deficiencies. But McLean is a is a is a good athlete. I just I discounted how much he could hit, and I discounted his his physicality. Uh, so I'm I'm definitely aware that. That that's a, that's a blind spot for me. These like five eight, five ten, second base only guys. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not very big on Travis Bazana this year. I know he's, I've, I've seen that he's like he's like the number one ranked guy this year, yeah. which is okay. <laughs> we'll we'll see about that. But um, like his his run and defense is there, um, and he like I, I know his eye is there too. I don't know about the power, and he's a second base only guy. Maybe his agility is kind of down for me. He made some really poor baseball IQ type things this year, and I know that's one of his supposed to be his carrying one of his carrying traits. Um, but yeah, these these kind of five ten five eight infielders, I'm not too hot on. So we'll see how McLean continues on, and we'll see how uh, how Bazana shakes out. I'm not big on Benny Montgomery either. So there you have it. There we go. I've taken up, I've taken up too much of your time, I'm sure. No, I'll talk baseball all day. Sorry. I know. So will we. It's that's why we're here. Um, thanks so much for coming on and talking Cape League with us. We haven't really been paying attention this summer, so thanks for being our eyes and ears. Um, and we'd love to have you back on. Of course, I'm I'm here anytime for y'all. Yeah, we'll we'll have to like preview the college season or something like that uh, in the next few months. So, yeah, see, happy see if I know anything at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Chris. Good deal. Thanks. Thanks for having me, y'all. Thanks. All right, Sarah. Week twenty-two came and gone. Crazy crazy we got a lot of matchups to talk about here i've got some notes i got some vibes are you ready i am ready scotty it's an important month for baseball let's get into it very important um okay so first we got the yankees at the rays last trip to tropicana this year for new york and i'm sure they don't want to go back <laughs> probably pop some champagne on the way out Rays <laughs> take two of three um but the constant here is garrett cole might be the leader for uh, American League Cy Young. 7.2 innings, pitch, four hits, uh, 11 Ks on, in their sole win on Friday. Um, Saturday, Tyler Glasnow pitched six scoreless. Uh, Sunday, benches cleared after Albert Abreu plumped Randy Rosarena. And they cleared again after Randy stole two bases after getting hit by a pitch. Um, these teams don't like each other. And uh, Brandon Lau was quoted after the game saying uh, you know they're just trying to get um the clubhouse going they're in last place they're irrelevant basically and he's right he is so, he's very right boone even confirmed that on the talking yanks podcast today because yeah you know he, he had a point 
So, um, your Yankees clown show. Your Yankees. <laughs> um, Cubs at Pirates. I was lucky enough to see one of these games on Friday night. The Cubbies take three of four big series for them in the standing. Yeah. Huge uh, for them. Friday with the game I was at and the Pirates sold W. Uh, Teller. It's because you were there, right? Yeah. That, I was trying to hint towards that. I thought that was going to be pretty much like, you know, stuff. Planetary, but uh, <laughs> he went eight innings, six Ks, no runs. Saturday. Saturday, Jordan Wicks, 2021 first rounder out of Kansas State, made his debut, and boy, was it a debut. Five innings pitched in nine Ks, only one earned run and two hits. That lone run was was a Cabrian Hayes home run, and that guy is on fire, must I say. Yeah, finally. Um, Sunday, you know, Cody Bellinger, his first five RBI game since, like, his MVP season. Good for him. He's having a great year. Um Cubs sailed up the series. Um, Braves at Giants are our next series. This was in San Francisco. The Braves take two of three. Um, not much more to say here. Spencer Strider was elite on Friday, 9Ks again. I feel like that's an automatic 9 to 12K game for him. Um, Braves are just padding their lead in the, in the NL East. Next, the Rangers went to Minnesota, and and the Rangers. We just, you know, we we talked to Chris Wimmer today. Grew up in 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 Dallas, and and this is they're having a big year, but they're they're getting kind of cold at the wrong time. Mm. Wrong time. The Twins take three of four in uh, in Minnesota. Um, big series for them. Benches cleared there too. Um, Royce Lewis had two consecutive games with a grand slam. Twins are hot. Um, not that they really need to win a bunch of games to win the AL Central, but uh, hopefully we get to see them win a playoff game. I can't remember the last time the Twins won a playoff game. I know, right? So. Crazy. Yeah, they're, they pretty much have a solid – they have a five-game lead, so they do kind of – they have a pretty solid but not solid enough right now. Um, they're the only NL, AL Central team making it to – the playoffs if the playoffs were to end today and they have um of all the teams including the wild card teams they would have the worst record it's crazy it's crazy the but they'd right get now. the three seed yeah isn't that wild crazy um our last series of the weekend was the reds at diamondbacks this was a fun series diamondbacks are bouncing back after a cold second half they take three of four in arizona um corbin carroll electric as always um, they jumped in front after the Thursday W. They jumped in front of Cincinnati for the third wild card spot, so they're back in the playoffs. And as of Friday, they had won six straight and owned the second wild card spot, so they moved up even further. Um, Corbin Carroll this weekend became the first rookie since Mike Trout to record 20 home runs and 40 stolen bases. Ooh, good for him, CC. And they're the only two rookies to do so since like 1960s, 1970s. So Whoa. two legendary players here. Corbin Carroll's career is just getting started. He's going to be a goat. Um, some notes on this weekend. Shohei remained in the lineup while he decides his next course of action with the UCL tear. Um, we'll get more into that later. Mookie Betts returned to Fenway for the first time on Friday. Isn't that kind of crazy? I figured he yeah. would have been back by now. Well, he's been in another league. I know. I, I guess like this is the first year that everyone's playing everybody. Yeah. So yeah, 
Uh, he had a warm reception and also a hot week at the bat. Freddie Freeman is the first Dodger to hit 50 doubles in a season, and there's still over a month left. That Yeah, what? Him and Mookie Betts lead the NL in OPS. I mean, those two are just like crazy. the dream team, dynamic duo, whatever fancy name you want to give them. They're just so good, and you can tell they're just having the best time. Oh, the best. Dodgers are a fun team, and they're getting yeah. on at the right time. Um, the uh, Justin Verlander returned to Comerica Park. Uh, five innings pitched, seven Ks. He secured his 100th win in Comerica. He's only the sixth pitcher in the last 50 years to record 100 wins in one ballpark. Whoa. So pretty fun That's stat. Cool. That fun stat there. And then lastly, my Mariners, Sarah, my Mariners. If I had to pick two teams as like my uh, teams I, I love that I would love to see in the World Series, it would be Seattle versus the Cubs. Whoa. I, know. I thought you were going to say Diamondbacks. I like the Diamondbacks too, but I'm, I don't know. I think the Cubs are more of a complete team than the Diamondbacks. I think they're yeah. so much better than their record shows. And I've, I've been saying that the Mariners are the most complete team in baseball. Um, but they're now alone in first place of the AOS. Are they right now? I, they were as the as yesterday when I took these notes. Um, so, yeah. So um, as of now, they are. there's a three-way tie. Oh. Well, funny the yesterday or the other day when i i saw this they were alone in first place of the aos they were um they were fourth and seven and a half games back just a month ago and they haven't been alone in first place in the division since 2003 whoa 20 years 20 years seattle's back seattle is back scotty you called that shit um i just want to go over a few uh, matchups this week we had Yankees at Tigers as of the day. The Yankees were up 2-0 in that series. Um, Luis Severino had a huge bounce back. Uh, Pirates were at uh, the Royals. I believe the Pirates were up 2-0 as well in that series. Oviedo, complete game shutout on Monday. Um, Rays at Marlins. That series started yesterday. Uh, it's a battle for Florida. Um, we also have... Houston at Boston. Jose Altuve hit for the cycle. For the first time in his career. Can you first, believe that? Yeah. And he's, I think he's the 10th Astro. The last one was Brandon Barnes in 2013. I don't really remember. Brandon name. Yeah. Uh, Michael Brantley was also activated off the IL uh, yesterday. Mr. So. Smooth. Mr. Smooth. Big series this week, though, Sarah. Brewers at Cubs. Yeah. Brewers at Cubs. What a matchup it was. Um, yesterday, Milwaukee entered the series on an eight-game win streak and four games ahead of the Cubs. Um, yesterday, they ran into the buzzsaw of Justin Steele, though, and Justin Steele, man, he could be an Cy Young winner easily. I would, I would, it wouldn't surprise me. What a year he's having! Um, big series for the Brewers and the Cubs, um, my Cubbies, as I should say. Um, and then one more matchup: we had the Diamondbacks at the Dodgers. Uh, last I checked, Dodgers were up 1-0. I'm not sure what they did last night, but they began the series as the top two teams in NL West. Um, last night, I know Merrill Kelly faced Kershaw. Not sure the outcome of that game, but big series for um, playoff implications. Yeah, Dodgers have a 14-game lead, though, in the West, so it's really wild card implications. Wild card implications. Wild, yeah. yeah, exactly. Two more uh, Two more notes. That's not my, those weren't my only notes. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Ronald Acuna, I, I have yeah. to mention this. First player since D. Strange Gordon in 2017 to reach 60 stolen bases. Did you know he and he he hit a uh, he joined the 30 60 club 
30 home runs, 60 stolen bases. First player in MLB history to do so. First ever. Whoa. Whoa. First ever. Whoa. Yeah. Why are we celebrating this more? I know. I it's it's crazy. He's having uh, an out of this world year. Out of this world. Um, and then lastly, this morning or today, earlier today, I saw Bryce Harper hit his uh, uh home, yeah, 300 home runs. He's having a big year in Philly coming back from uh surgery. So, um, a lot of baseball this week, a lot of good baseball. Yeah. I am excited to get into superlatives because I got some good ones. I don't okay. know about you, Sarah. I think I do too. All righty, Sarah, who was your hit of the week? Oh, no, wait, no, it's do 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 do. There you go. <laughs> oh, sheesh. Hitter of the week, you say. Um, I'm going to go with a Los Angeles angel of Anaheim, Luis Renifo. I don't know. Is that you say his last name? Renifo. Renifo. Luis Renifo. Um, he, in the past week, has had 15 hits. Um, this is not including today. 15 hits, five walks. Um, eight RBIs, a slash line of 556, 625, and 1.037. So um killing it. He's doing the small ball. We love, we love the the 15 hits in, in a week. I'm pretty sure he opened today or yesterday's game in Philly with two home runs. So, okay, so he's definitely win. my hitter of the week. <laughs> awesome. Love that. Um, this is tough because there's a lot of good ones here. Yeah, there are. I am gonna go with Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. Bryce Harper in his last eight games has been 15 for 30, two doubles, a triple, five home runs, 13 RBIs. Um, he's killing it in Philly, and the Phillies are hot. Uh, he's a big reason why. So, Definitely. Mr. Nice. Philadelphia. Some honorable mentions Mookie Betts and um, Altuve. Like, I was going to say Mookie Betts and Adam Duvall because he has oh, seven, yeah. seven home runs in his last nine games. But yeah, Mookie Betts for sure. For sure. He could. I think he could be hitter of the week every week. Every week, every week. Um, pitcher of the week, Sarah. Pitcher of the week. Um, I'm gonna go with the Kansas City Royal. I don't know. You probably saw this. He's having a really good year, really good week. Um, Cole Reagans again. I think I might have picked him before, but I can't. You he's have. Just, he's good. just. He's having a good year, and it's the Royals. They need. They need some shine. But um, in two games, he had 20 Ks. Zero earned runs, one walk, over 13 innings. Whoa. See, yeah, versus um, Pittsburgh and Oakland. Let me repeat that again. 20 strikeouts, zero earned runs, one walk in 13 innings in two games. Whoa. Yeah. All righty. So shout out Cole Reagans. That is awesome. Um, huge fan of Cole Reagans. I believe I'm not sure they got him. He was a Rangers prospect. I'm not sure if he came over in the Chapman trade, but that's uh, not much has gone Royal the Royals way this year. But they can, you know, end the season knowing they have Bobby Witt Jr. and Cole Reagans. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, this is tough. I don't know who I'm going to pick. I think I'm going to go with um, Kyle Harrison. Mm. Kyle Harrison made his debut with the Giants. He's top twenty pitching, uh, top twenty prospect overall in baseball. Grew up in the Bay Area. Um, cool. Lefty, uh, like his game a lot. He kind of has like a funky delivery. He threw six six point one innings in his home debut. Three hits, zero zero earned run runs, and eleven Ks versus the Reds in his home ballpark that he grew up going to. So pretty yeah. cool. Very cool. Honorable mention, other giant Alex Cobb, who almost threw a no-hitter last night versus 
last night. Yeah, or Monday versus the Reds. Yes. Um, down to one out. Couldn't just couldn't close it out. Love that. Love that. And last but not least, Sarah, what who, what is your play of the week? Play of the week involves two of your favorite players. Um, this was the Reds' um, first Diamondbacks series. Ellie De La Cruz throwing out Corbin Carroll at home plate as he's trying to stretch a triple into an inside the park home run. And Ellie De La Cruz just cannon straight line, boom, gets Carroll at the plate to end the inning. Love that. That was going to be mine, Sarah. I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm it's mad. just was so good. I let you go first. Uh, <laughs> that is the two like of the best tools in baseball going head to head, in my opinion. Corbin Carroll's speed, Ellie's arm, uh, 99.7 miles an hour to get Cor Cor Corbin at home. Just incredible. Just baseball incredible. the best. We can have a shared play of the week. We could. I will. I will name one for honorable mention. Just okay. To do it. Um, Thursday, Louise Robert robbed Brent Rooker of a home run. Pretty cool. Um, that was my other one that I had written down. A uh, lot of home run robberies this week. I feel like in the last couple of weeks, I always have, always have home run robberies in my options for play of the mm. week. But Louise Robert, uh, a positive for the White Sox this year. Love it. Do, do, so, do, do. Games of the week, Sarah. Games of the weekend. Games of the weekend. So, yeah, like I mentioned at the top of the segment, we're getting into a really important or month in the season. Um, these games are really starting to matter. So, I have a there's like some good, really some good matchups in here. I'm gonna go with Orioles at D backs. Love that. Orioles need to keep their lead. Um, and D backs are fighting for a wild card spot. These Teams are young and fun. That's a good series to watch. Yeah, I have that one written down. I have five matchups that I'm really so excited do I. for. Okay, I hope we have the same ones. Um, my number one matchup of the weekend is Atlanta at LA. Yeah. Uh, Braves, Dodgers. That's going to be the two best. That could be the NLCS pre uh, preview. So um, can't wait for that one. Yeah. Ooh. I, I mean, these next three are, are really good. I bet we have the exact same one, so it's hard for me. Great to minds think alike, Sarah. Come on. I'm going to go with Cubs at Reds. My Cubbies. Um, your Cubbies, yeah. Um, this is interdivisional rivals. They're both fighting for um, wild card spots, and it's this is this is a fun series for sure. I love that one. That was going to be my next um, my next pick. I am going to go with Phillies at Brewers. Yeah. Um, I was gonna go twins at Rangers. Was that, was that your last yeah, one? Yeah, that was oh, it. Oh, <laughs> let's go, Sarah. Uh, but I really think this matchup is gonna be way more exciting. I mean, I think the twins don't really have to do. They're gonna win the AL Central. I, the Brewers, um, you know, they're Probably hot right now. Probably gonna win the NL Central. These are two of the hottest teams in baseball right now: Phillies and Brewers. So yeah. uh, excited for this one. Yeah, good stuff. It's going to be a good weekend. Go get to the, your local ballpark, catch some baseball. Absolutely. All right, Sarah, let's take a break and then let's come back and do some vibes. Sounds good. Let's do it. All righty. All right, Sarah, we're back. Um, we're going to do some vibes, but first I want to hear your name of the week and some news that you have. Yeah, vibes, Scotty. Um, so good vibes this week on the vineyard. Some, like you mentioned earlier, Justin Steele was um, providing 
providing what the people wanted, giving them a good show. He's he's just having a stellar year, and his name is Epic. So he's my name of the week, Justin Steele. Um, I hope he comes to Pittsburgh one day. I was There's a say that. I hope he's a yeah. Steeler fan. Yes, right. Um, there was a headline on MLB.com like uh, Steele has nerves and leg of steel because he got hit by a comebacker and i was like kind of cheeky headline but he's having a great year with the cubs um so he's my name of the week my old timer name of the week is elmer steel because that's just an epic name if i've ever heard one elmer elmer steel elmer's glue exactly i mean elmer steel Glue is like steel. There, there's some some Same sort thing. of joke there, yeah. Um, he played from 1907 to 1911. He played for three teams, the Boston Americans, the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Brooklyn Dodgers. Wow. The yeah. Boston Americans. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, so those are my names of the week. Thank you. Um, and then just one news thing I wanted to bring up was, did you see that Ronald Acuna um, got kind of – Two fans came out of the stands and rushed him, I guess. To yeah, take a that was awful. Yeah, awful. it was just very weird and like, wait, what is happening? Um, I just didn't know. And that was that was definitely some weird vibes around the vineyard. Yeah, definitely not the best security there in Colorado or that wherever they are. Uh that was weird. I, I felt uncomfortable watching that. And uh something could have bad something bad could have happened. He could have reacted or he could have gotten hurt. Yeah, um, so many, yeah. So I'm just happy neither of those happened. And uh, yeah, that's that's really bad. That's really bad. I, it's sad to see that. Apparently they just wanted a picture or something, but who knows, like they could have definitely brought him physical harm. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, no, I hope I hope Colorado, um, you know, improves their security. And then um, I hope that never happens, you know, at a, at a baseball game, that's, that's really, not okay if they were probably intoxicated unfortunately and Definitely. yeah if they were in colorado just blame it on the elevation there you go <laughs> they're a mile high exactly um all right what else you got for vibes what else is going on around the i actually league? have a ton of vibes um oh. first i want to start in wine news okay because monday was national red wine day did you know this sarah i did not i well i saw that you tweeted it so then i knew yeah, uh, I didn't know it until I saw like one of the wine pages that we follow and posted it, but I did have myself a glass of red wine. Um, and also, I my dad sent me this article, so I got to give him a shout out. Um, France is spending 200 euro on 200 million euro, not just 200 euro, uh, <laughs> on destroying excess wine as demand falls. Sad. Can you believe that? Wait, don't destroy it. Send don't, it here. I'll get. I'll exactly. give you my address. Um, I guess they are trying to support struggling producers and, and shore up the prices. Several wine regions, especially Bordeaux, which is the biggest in France, it's like the south um, southwestern part of France. That's where a lot of the wine is made. Um, are struggling due to change in consumption habits and also mm. the cost of living crisis. Mm. Um, these are all like after effects of COVID-19, but just sad to see. It's kind of took me by surprise to be completely honest with you. Yeah. Don't destroy it. Send it our way. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I thought I'd bring that up on the podcast. My dad sent it to me. I'm like, looks like I have something to talk about on, um, on Wednesday. Vibes. Love it. Um, first let's start with the little league world series, I guess. 
California beats Curacao in the Little League World Series in a dramatic walk-off. I believe Curacao hit a grand slam to tie it up. And then California hit a walk-off home run. Uh, Louis Lape, I believe his kid's name, great name, um, hit a walk-off home run to win the Little, Little League World Series. So mm. shout out the Cali boys. I will say... I have a random hot take now. Nothing to do with the Little World, Little League World Series, but yeah. I will say it does feel like baseball should be going into the playoffs right now with football on the rise. So my my vibe slash hot take um, of today is playoffs should start first week of September or like second week of September. They should start it. the the season should end the first week of September. Uh, I don't disagree with you there. Um, yeah, it's tough to compete. It's tough to for me, even as much as I love baseball, to like when I have season tickets to pit football games, and I'm a diehard Steeler fan. For me to like be as in tuned as I am all summer in baseball, right? Um, so yeah, I'm with you there, Sarah. Just wanted to bring that vibe. Um, so call up news: the the Red Sox called up their number three prospect, who I'm really excited for, uh, Sedane Raffaella. Okay. Um, he apparently missed multiple calls from his triple a manager because he was playing playstation oh yeah, yeah. I hate to see it. <laughs> so uh yeah maybe he was delayed getting from worcester to boston <laughs> but uh he's up there he's an exciting center fielder he has kind of like he's a smaller player has some uh freak athletic traits plus center fielder he's kind of like mookie bet bets qualities i don't want to make the comparison but like but you just did i just did yeah so there it is <laughs> Um, and he's on my fantasy minor league team. So um, anyways, um, I just read on my phone just now, so I'm going to say it. The okay. New York Yankees are expected yeah. to call up mm. Jason Dominguez and Austin Wells. They're two top hitting prospects. Jason Dominguez was a huge uh, Dominican signing a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. on the Martian. Um, he's going to play some center field, and Austin Wells was a catching uh, prospect that they drafted out of the first round from Arizona. So, um, you know, they're not they're in last place AL East, but maybe we'll get to see some young guys here in the last month, which is exciting. Yeah, that is. I also saw that they um, finally let go of Josh Donaldson. Sarah, I was going to pop a pottle <laughs> on this episode for that. The the Yankees have released Josh Donaldson. My prayers have been answered after they have a year and a half um i'm happy they also waived because we're going to get into some roster moves here they waived uh there's a lot of waiver claims going on this week let's just say that huh. not waiver yeah. news um they waived harrison bader which was came to he was slumping but um he's a free agent next year so a team has the ability to uh claim him on the waiver wire um yeah uh, you know he's gonna i don't think he's gonna be a yankee after uh this week so um alongside harrison bader the angels sarah waved lucas giolito hunter renfro randall gritchick matt moore and renato lopez four of those guys they they acquired at the trade deadline they're all solid big leaguers this was simply a salary dump um they're all going to be free agents next year and they don't want to pay them apparently the the players union is going to file a grievance against them and this might be a bigger story than it is right now because mm. no one's ever seen this before so essentially like no one's going to put in a waiver claim for Rent lucas giolito right now who's not in the playoffs because he's 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 going to be a free agent after this year so basically like you're letting 
the Giants, the Reds, the Cubs, the Mariners, those teams like have Lucas Giolito for free, essentially. Right. They only have to pay him for the last month. So it's the players' union is is very upset about this. Uh, it's been big news. The Angels are just a roller coaster. Um, I'm excited to. We're definitely going to be talking about this more. Yeah, it's an interesting move. Like it makes sense. I mean, it's just poor, poor roster management um, in general. Like why they think they could make the playoffs. I guess at the trade deadline um, and go like with those pieces where they should have gone either way more in or just totally sold. Right? Like they kind of, they kind of half kind of half-assed the trade deadline so now this is the result of that the outcome of that because they're not going to make the playoffs and um it's yeah it's an interesting move good for the other teams though right yeah no 100 they're going to get good players here uh heading down the stretch i will say you said the word roster management and the first thing i thought of they could really use a guy named brian stroh mm. <laughs> yeah i think a lot of people could um but in other roster news um Steven Strasburg is planning to retire. How about that? Uh, that makes me feel old. Series. Really? He won the World Series, and they chose to uh, extend him over uh, Anthony Rendon. I really think they would have – whatever decision they made there, they would have lost on because Rendon right. hasn't been much ever since he left. Uh, I don't think Strasburg's pitched more than 20 innings since that World Series, yeah. unfortunately. But great career. Sad to see it end quick uh, so soon. Uh, IL news, Joey Votto to the 10 day IL with left shoulder discomfort, Jake Cronenworth to the 10 day IL with right, a right wrist fracture. That sounds like it's going to take more than 10 days. Felix Bautista. This is a big one has some degree of injury to his UCL and will go on the IL. He's been the best closer in baseball by far this year, but luckily they have like the second best closer in baseball in Yenier Cano. Um, so not gonna kill them, but they're not going to have that one-two punch in the back of the bullpen. Mm. Um, big news in Baltimore there. Uh, Matt Chapman to the 10-day IO with a right middle finger sprain. He was flicking off someone too hard. Uh, <laughs> middle finger sprain? What are you doing, bruh? You <laughs> <laughs> um, Darvish, right elbow inflammation, 15-day IO. Matt McClain, someone Chris mentioned earlier. 10-day IL with a right oblique strain. He's had a great rookie season. Uh, Bo Bichette is back to the IL with a right quad strain. He, they just DFA'd Paul DeYoung, who they brought in because Bichette was previously on the IL. So now they're just going to have to like basically mix and match at shortstop here going forward. Um, and then lastly, two season-ending injuries. Tony Gonsolin will have TJ um, on Friday, to be exact. And Jaron Duran for the Red Sox uh, is having season-ending toe surgery. Motivation for the Raphael Raffaella call-up. Um, so you're going to see a lot of Sedan Raffaella in center field, which is going to be exciting in Boston. Um, some other roster news. Marlins remove David Robertson from their closer's role. He was acquired at the deadline from the Mets. He's had a 7.20 ERA in 10 games since being acquired. No, no bueno. No bueno, bro, Chatro. Uh, the Guardians DFA'd Noah Syndergaard after trading Ahmed Rosario for him. That was always a weird trade to me. Yeah, the one for one. Yeah, especially with Noah Syndergaard, who's definitely, um, shall I say, washed. I was going to say clearly on decline, so yes, washed. That's, that's more professional, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
Uh, big news out of the Big Apple. Pete Alonso is expected to be traded this upcoming offseason per Bob Nightingale. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's big news. I, what do you think it, about that? Well, apparently the players are meeting with Steve Cohen to lobby to keep him. I read that today. Um, but I, I think it makes sense. Um, I just think I know a team that needs a first baseman who is maybe in walking distance from me right now. Um, and I don't mm. think it, it would take a exorbitant amount to acquire a right-handed uh, first baseman at 30 years old. So just food for thought. Food yeah, for thought. definitely. It would be interesting to have Pete Alonso in a small market. I think, yeah, it would be. He's so like quirky and like kind of revels in the spotlight a bit. Um, and there's not much of that here but i think he would be like a big like big fish small pond yeah i think pittsburgh would like his toughness and like i don't know i think he would feed off of like the 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 blue collar like um grittiness grittiness of pittsburgh he'd be like a big stealer guy for sure yeah um but uh lastly uh scherzer about the mets scherzer said that the reports about the mets clubhouse that i talked about earlier weren't accurate and that he and Verlander are actually in a better place than they were at the start of the season. So boys being cute, making amends. I guess but that like that <laughs> says like that they were in a bad place at the beginning of the season. Yeah, that that's been the room. Apparently, they haven't been close since the time like, they grew up right, in the Tigers. Yeah. So um, there's some other quotes I want to mention here. The quote from Bob Melvin, Padres manager, said. Mm. There's really no point in even looking at the standings at this point. Yikes, not what you want to hear from your manager. That is not great, Bobby Mills. As of Monday, the Padres and the Washington Nationals had the same record a year after the Soto trade. That's not good. That is not to be expected. The Pirates Um, are um, have only two less wins than the Padres. Crazy. Crazy. My question to you, Sarah, AJ Preller, is he on the hot seat? Because I remember Definitely. when he, I would say so too, but I remember when he first got the job, he wanted to be really aggressive and he got like Matt Kemp and Justin Upton and they were, mm-hmm. it just didn't work well at all. And they had, then they had to tear down and that's when they got to tease and everything. But now this buildup has not been successful. It was, they went to the NLCS last year, but what went wrong in between this year and last year? Like, I feel like he's, he's super aggressive, which can, can, can work in both ways, right? It could, it could, work to extreme disadvantage or extreme yeah. advantage. I also yeah. I just think there are too many egos in the clubhouse and way too many. He was just like, I'm gonna get all the flashy stars and spend a ton of money, but didn't really think about like the personalities and like you kind of do have to have a mix of old and young, um like really big names and just sleeper picks, right? Like to really have a conducive lineup. It's all about diversity, equity, and inclusion in the in the clubhouse. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, no, for sure, I agree. Um, I think they're going to make some. Ch- I think Soto is not going to be a Padre next year. Um, they definitely need to rid themselves of some egos and just egos and salaries for sure. Yeah, um, and AJ. And AJ. <laughs> My last question for vibes or my last debate, I should say, this is a hot topic right now. And I think it's only going to get hotter. Mm-hmm. Mookie Betts or Ronald Acuna Jr. for NL MVP. 
Yeah, it is only going to get hotter. Um, right now, as of today, August 30th, I'm going to go with Ronald Acuna Jr. Same. I think the 30-60 season like, kind of gives him that leg up, but Mookie mm -hmm. Betts is just his – his progress or his uh you know his stats or his resume from like may till today have just gone like this yeah like straight up he's just unreal yeah. uh yeah he's an incredible athlete but what ronald acuna jr is doing that yeah the 3060 stat and um he it's like him and otani atop all the leaderboards so yeah there's someone posted a side by side of all their stats and they're like almost like equal not right. equal in terms like like they each have each other on equal amount of categories, but the sixty stolen bases really leaps out to me as like the deciding mm -hmm. factor. Um, yeah, two good extremely debate. good debate. Two extremely fun athletes, uh, fun players to watch. Um, I'm excited to watch the Braves and Dodgers this weekend. That's what I'm excited for. Yeah, definitely. And then maybe one will shout out a little bit more to you than the other, like in terms of yeah. MVP. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Sarah, that's what I have for vibes this week. I, I, nice. Should we take some time, drink a little bit more, and then come back and rate and review the wine? I like that idea. All right, let's do it. <laughs> All right, Sarah, we are back. Um, we've had some time to sip on this wine. Um, it's very good, in my opinion. Um, I would agree. I'm a fan. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm also a fan, um, and I think it's grown on me throughout this episode. At first, I was like, oh, it might be a little, a little off for me, a little too tart, um, because it's it's different. It's not that like classic dark fruit. It's like has a little cherry with a little oaky, like I said, t like toastiness to it. Um, so it's different. Uh, but I really like it. I'm going to give it a 70. Whoa, Sarah. You know what? That's funny because I was going to give it a 72. Let's go. We are on the same wavelength today. It's pretty impressive. Um, I I really like this wine. I think when I see Rafina, when I see this bottle, I'm thinking uh, a brand name like the Yankees, mm. like the Reds. Like I'm thinking a a someone that has established themselves in the wine world. This when I was in Italy, I saw Rafino everywhere, especially in Florence. Mm. Um, so I am, I'm a fan of this, and I, I think it's an easy drink, and it's a but it's also a good drink. It is. It is a good drink. Um, I'm gonna comp it to Corbin Burns, pitcher, say ace of the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, Mine is the Duke version, as you we said at the top of the hour. It's Reserva Ducale. And some may say Corbin Burns is the Duke of Milwaukee. <laughs> I love that. Love that. So, yeah, it's the Corbin Burns of one. I'm going to go Mookie Betts. Nice. Um, someone that is a staple in baseball. He's like a face of baseball. Maybe not the face, but he is a face. When I think of baseball, like Mookie is one of the first people I think of. Um, yeah, I'm 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 a big fan of Rufino. Um, I've drank it a lot, and I'm happy that we. I'm surprised that this is the first time we've introduced it to the podcast. Um, but this this is a great one. I highly recommend it. Definitely go go try it. Um, let us know your thoughts, and and let's you know, let's keep drinking Chianti. 
Yes, let's. Honestly, I haven't. I don't think I had Rafina before, so thank you for introducing me to it. You're you're welcome, Sarah. Prego. Prego. <laughs> Arrivederci. No, what is um? Grazie mille. Grazie mille. Yeah. Grazie mille. Um. Well, this has been great. Um. Shout out to Chris. Thanks for coming on. As always, you guys can find us on X, on TikTok, on Instagram. You can email us at thefoulbinet.gmail.com. In a couple weeks, I want to say three weeks or so, we're going to have back on Shashank, our wine expert. So please write us in, message us any wine questions you want to ask. Um, we'll have him answer any wine questions you want to know. Typically, we venture more heavy on the baseball topics on this podcast but um we'll we'll we will have a wine heavy episode coming up so ask away yeah i'm excited because we're you know we're we're learning in the wine we are always every too. day so, um you know i'm gonna have a lot of questions and you know anything that you're cu curious about please email us and and let us know we'll, we'll ask shashank perfect uh love chatting with you scotty always a pleasure you as well sarah until next week um you know, I'm excited to jump into week 23, but I don't want it to go by too fast now. Never. <laughs> Solid. Solid. Intro music by Jordan Montgomery and Driving Well Black Records. Uh, look, big paper, I increase my wealth. Uh, red wine, that's good for my health. Uh, wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's uh, Allow me to introduce myself I said, big paper, I increase my wealth huh? Red wine, that's good for my health uh, Wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's huh? Allow me to introduce myself Oh, thank you.